Welcome to Running It Back, the lessons learned from sports podcast. I'm Mike Bomber, joined as always by Tarlin Ray. We've had a few, a few hiccups, a few story points, a few milestones between the last time we recorded and where we are today. Tarlin, how are you doing today? I thought this would never happen again. Yeah. I, I truly, this is a two year, around the two year anniversary of The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the COVID outbreak, having an opportunity to all rally around our TV sets and ESPN to watch the documentary on the Chicago Bulls. So we haven't potted. Now, we were at South by Southwest, and we'll talk about that. But we haven't potted in almost eight weeks. And this is like a proper potting session where we're both in a Zoom room. We're comfortable. We're not, you know, we're not like on a stage. We're not in gin pop. We're both wearing our running it back swag. We're kicking back. It's 6 a.m. in the morning, which is the right time to pot. Yeah, or 9 a.m. for those those of us on the East Coast. Hopefully, hope you're awake. And if you're interested in reaching out to us about Drive Time Radio, 6 to 9 a.m., Mike and Tarlin in the morning, hit us up. But anyway, please we, continue. We crush it. But I, I didn't know if it happened again. Now, we always knew that we had a moment to be on stage at South by Southwest to bring running it back along with your other podcasts, your prolific to the masses. And so it was intoxicating to be around people and not just you staring at you. Right. And I thought it was a great live to tape moment. And we packed that house. There are probably at least 50 people in that big room. That's right. In between, so then, between that, the month of March was just, I don't remember much of it. Not only did I get what was a 48-hour flu, and Mm -hmm. trust me, I tested multiple times. I told Palmer, I'm using my hands. It was coming out of both ways. Nice. And took my first sick day in my whole professional career. Now, that is not a badge honor. It's just truth. Yeah. To then cycle into the end of the month where finally the vid caught me. The vid, the, the COVID-19, the SARS-2, the SARS-CoV-2, I believe. I, I think it was Omicron BA-2. BA-2. Because I was in the North, I was in New York. It's the COVID BA-2 electric boogaloo. This, this is why I said to myself, will I upper pod with him again? In be- so in between the flu and South by Southwest, where of course my head was a little, got a little bigger. Yeah. I had my 20 seconds for my organization on GMA. Good morning. Good America. morning, America. And now looking back, it also not only was my 20 seconds, which my sister is no, is on TV forever. Shout out to Nika Ray and her Mama Stay podcast. Yeah. Crossover right there. Cross promotion. She has more, she's prolific, more pod episodes. <laughs> In, in three months than we've had in two years. But anyways, I also now, we can look back and we should run the tape back because it was my flu game, equivalent of the Jordan flu game, mm. because I had the vid while on GMA. But yet I fought through right. the vid to perform. Yeah, you were kind of like Jennifer Aniston in the morning show to get deep cut. Those of you who know, you know, you were... 
you powered through it. You were on the big time TV set. Who was your segment with? I don't Robin know. Roberts. Oh, the lit, the, the, among the goats. Yes. If not, she's at the, she's and tall, taller than you think up there with, uh, with little Bo Peep, you know, she's that level of goat, but yeah. So you think, and you got sick soon after, right? So it was, oh yeah. And then I was a mess. It was, hang on real quick. Tell me, did you fly too close to the sun? Is it the GMA appearance? Maybe. I mean, so many, so many texts coming my way. I might be slow to even post our pod on LinkedIn, but I was pretty quick to get that GMA set up. So people knew. Right. It's all about me. Look at me. Right. And so then I said, Palmer, yeah. Yeah. we really have a thing. Right. Now that was my brain fog. Talk. Right. That was, that was, that was the COVID. That was, that was the fatigue. You called it the, the, you call it the vid. I call it the Rota. Okay. That was the excessive cough. Yeah. Uh, for people that say, oh, it's just the flu. <laughs> it is. And here's the, yes. it is not no. the flu. Yeah. And, and, you're, so, and you're all, and you're all vaxxed and boosted and, and that's the boost. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're not now making, that I, and everyone knows we're not making light of any of this stuff in Syria. And like, to your point, you were not feeling. It was horrible. Yourself. I just went on mute to cough. Yeah. Spared everyone. And when I got through my fog and realized I had a, a March haze, a couple of things dawned on me. Hmm. One, I missed you, man. Yeah, man. And the text banter, hmm. just to see whether or not we still had it. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're good one two it's way too much going on in sports yeah. moments to not have us at least talk about what's happening this is our creative outlet mm-hmm. and three we i legitimately had people text me saying what did you fall off the face right. of the earth where's yeah. your podcast we got a bonus track in there we did get the the south by southwest episode out in the interim well done one of the things that happened in this same period of time is that Tiger Woods came back from his car accident and leg injury, like injuries, really injuries from a serious car accident year and year and a half after is actually less than a year and a half walking the masters walking at Augusta and was actually in contention, made the cut. Had you been more, this is right in the midst of your COVID fugue. Had you been clearer headed, less foggy, that's a running it back. Although we did do a running it back about 2019, him winning the, the masters. The fact that he came back again was something that we were going to dedicate its own show to. And then we were also talking about generational zeitgeists within the NBA and passing the torch. And then where have we landed exactly? What are we talking about today? Well, well, part of it, Tiger was must watch TV. Mm-hmm. He ended up 23 strokes back and on the weekend was playing very early and I probably caught 60 of his 72 holes. Yeah. Tough to watch him walk. He can't uh, bend down all the way to, to read a putt. So it's a half bend. He's really good at wincing. He's got lots of different wincing. Oh yeah. Like the, the, is that pain in one leg? And, and you say he came back from the dead and potentially yeah. having his leg amputated. Right. So we're running what the, where we landed was my father has consistently said he hates when athletes hang on too long. Mm. And we happened to be on the golf course with another family friend and he brought up the topic again. 
can't stand him limping around. Mm. He's terrible. He'll never win again. And this is a man who had said that eight years prior. And we all know that Tiger ended up winning a master. So I was chatting you, not only coming off the high of actually seeing Tiger, it's a high to have him finish 23 strokes back. Yeah. It still was must watch TV. So the topic is, do athletes hang on too long? Should athletes retire much sooner? Because is it too painful to watch them when they're not in their prime? And who wants to watch them play horribly? Right. When's the right time to hang it up? That's the question. And for us, we always try to find connections to our lives. When is the right time to hang it up? For me, when I heard this topic, I just wanted to make sure you're not retiring on air right now. So I brought everyone here to say, I'm going to hang. I signed another year. I'm signing up for another year at least. Exactly. Um, There you go. You had me at a low when you said a low just to even start this. So we're good. Good. But if I'm Tiger and you're thinking about Tiger, Tiger went nine years, only won three tournaments. One of those was a major, Mm -hmm. the Masters in 2019. And in those nine years, and granted, he had surgeries and injuries. He won $11 million. Yeah. All time, he's won $120 million. Yeah. So he also, I, I hear he may also have a, a couple of endorsement deals. Just a few. Yeah. We're just talking about on course. So yeah. if you look at that over that nine-year span, pre-2019, you would say Tiger should hang it up. Mm. But that is not why we watch sports. And let me give you more let me give let's go through a few more athletes who should probably hang it up yeah. Serena williams mm-hmm. 23 grand slam titles on her way to catching margaret court but she has not won a grand slam since 2017. Mm-hmm. she lost in two finals in 2018 another two in 2019 so is it too painful to watch the 40 year old serena limp away around get hurt should she give it should she hang it up has she lost a step? I literally wrote down things that Palmer might say, <laughs> but I missed the over under because I think we're only 10 minutes in. I had you at 20. <laughs> at some point, you will say, I'm going to ruin it for you. Father time is undefeated. It's written down here. I'm it's written down. It's a big board. So should Sharina hang it up? Mm-hmm. It's a question. Yeah. I mean, and why golf is interesting and why I like starting with golf is that I always look for lessons from sports that can translate into life outside of sports. Retirement for most of us is not really in the conversation in our thirties or forties, but for athletes, they're confronted with these types of decisions much earlier. Although I think it's easy to mischaracterize it as ending a career where frequently some really good stories include athletes who've been able to transition into a, a post legendary playing career into a, a legendary career in the sport, staying in tennis, thinking about John McEnroe, who turned into a real commentator, someone who I, I love to listen to break it down when he was totally different when he played. So I'm always trying to understand 
A, when might I retire? When would a retirement for me make sense? And how can I learn through looking at these athletes do it? And then also in terms of a career, frequently a retirement is a shift into a, a new chapter, but it's really stark when you think about athletes and it's something that you really can't ignore because your body starts to break down. Golf, you can play, but I, I granted the leg injuries make it much worse. He's going to be playing golf another, another 30, 40 years and, and how much he wants to do that as part of a a major event, how much he wants to be in contention is the other thing. Like how long are those among us who can be champions and win at the highest level? How much are those types of champions willing to, to accept a non-champion, but still relatively pleasant lifestyle for most of them is a, uh, is an interesting question. Any thoughts on the parallels between golf and others? Also, it's an individual sport as opposed to retiring from a team sport. A lot of the folks I was thinking about are NBA players and, and quarterbacks and some baseball players, but, uh, but also the, the individual sports golf and tennis is, is probably a good place to start. So you, you talked about our own retirement. The thing is we don't have, unless we lose our faculties and mental acuity, we, we don't have a, a scoreboard that everyone is looking at. Right. You mentioned golf and tennis. I tried to I have a little more range, so I just tried to look in other areas. Sure. John White, fit, he just made his fifth Olympics. Yeah, and, and uh, I believe his first Oscar uh, presenter, which is apparently a more athletic endeavor than any of us would have imagined. There we go. But at, but at 35, trying to get back on the podium in the Winter Olympics, and he failed. It was considered a failure. He came in fourth, only 2.25 points off the podium. Yeah, so although, should, although I will say I'm old enough when you said he failed to make it out of the podium, I was like, what are his knees shot? He has trouble, which is a totally different <laughs> point. You meant meddling. Understood. Got it. I thought you would appreciate the ginger. I'm bringing in the ginger hey. into this. So should he have retired after his fourth because he didn't make it onto the podium? Mm -hmm. Most would say... If you're going to come back, you got to do like Michael Phelps retired after the 2012 London Olympics. He had 18 golds, two silver, two bronze. You got to come back. And then in between the 2016 Rio Olympics, he had suicide attempt, depression, yeah. DUI. I think yeah. were, was, were there bong hits? Bong there, were, there were some bong hits, yeah. but legal in a lot of states. He just didn't have his card with him. And then came back under trying circumstances, hadn't, hadn't trained in forever and one five golden and one silver. Hmm. We have, I'm going to keep going for a while, just give you a few more names. We have Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Who came back, just got whipped around by Larry Holmes. And but, but, some, by the way, Tarlin, I hear there's a really good documentary series on PBS about Ali. I and, keep threatening and, to watch it. The nine, I mean, 19 hours I mean, scares I don't even remember. It's eight hours. I don't even remember it. It's been so long since I watched it in prep for an imaginary episode. But yes, please continue to talk about Ali. How about this? We will do an Ali. We will run it back to Ali in yeah. 2022. There you go. I, I will commit to the eight hours. All right. But Ali came back up, beat around, and some say getting those knocks ahead the where they, they counted got over 200,000 hits contributed to some of his demise and some of the issues that he had later in life. We have Carl Lewis, mm. who was super fast, yet 
slowed down and most said he should not have competed in those last Olympics. And he won the long jump first Olympian to win that event in over three Olympics. So 1984 wins the long jump for the first time and then comes back and beats Mike Powell four Olympics later. Mm-hmm. And so most said he should have hung it up, but then he was able to still overcome. I, so I believe he successfully retired singing the national anthem. He successfully yeah. ended his career singing the national anthem. Yeah. And so competition is about winning, but I, I have so much appreciation for people who will commit to trying to still be great because the work that goes in, the work that Tiger had to put in just to be able to walk and compete. And Augusta is one of the hardest courses to walk is unbelievable. The work that Serena has to come in after almost dying, giving birth, the injuries that she's overcoming, I think is amazing. And for me, I'd rather, I don't care if they're not at their all-time great. They're not at their physical peak because they're u- using what they have mentally and they're using their grit just to see if they can win one more time. If sports are a soap opera, I like those moments. I don't need to see them continue to break records. They already did that. I, I'd rather see an athlete try to, if they're going to commit heart, mind, and soul to see if they can do it one more time. Where do you land? Would you rather only see Giannis at his height? Do you only want to see the Joker? Actually, I don't know if he'll ever play again. The Joker dominating people and the doll on his peak. Like, who are you? Do you only want to see, you're now a Scotty Scheffler fan. That's the only, he's your number one golfer because he's won four times this year. Right. So who are you? Do you only want to see the young guns or do you appreciate the gritty and the grizzled veteran who's still on the playing field trying to make it happen? Yeah, I, I have lived most of my life not as the dominant performer. I've lived most of my life as the gritty scrapper who's ready to be resourceful and figure it out. I still remember as a relatively young sports fan watching Jimmy Connors gut it out late in his career and his competitive fire. As much as Pete Rose may have had some challenges on the gambling front, his competitive instinct, the the whole hustle is talent is something I do deeply believe in. And then also in terms of the lessons in our lives, To me, I think it's a dangerous lesson to say, know when you will not win again and stop. To me, that is a dangerous lesson because in some ways you're arguing against continuing to challenge yourself and continuing to find opportunities to find meaning in your life and in your career. And I think a lot of us have opportunities to reinvent ourselves. The thing that happens, you know, probably most in the NBA is that somebody who was the alpha on a team has to become a contributor and a role player. Is that a and, beta or, or sorry? Come. Yeah, no, it's all, I, I believe it would probably be a beta or some other Greek letter, but like yeah, uh, after the Omicron, keep going. Yeah. For me as a fan of the NBA, I think frequently teams have more than one leader and that's true in other team related activities is that the best teams have more than one person who can take the lead and actually be the most dominant player at the time. And they're in unison around who's getting the opportunity to do that. And I think what happens is someone who's never really had to think about the team 
beyond just themselves when they're the best player on the court. Frequently, you can just think about your own performance. The secret that uh, a lot of folks talk about for even the greatest is that they have to understand that dialing down their ego actually will make their teammates better. And then there's a further dial down that has to happen for a player to still be a contributor to a championship. I could see LeBron do this, for example, where rather than retire while he's still arguably the best player in the game and certainly the best player on his team, could he go chip hunting for a little while and demonstrate that he can contribute in the way that, say like a Jay Crowder, I was watching the, the, the Suns game last night and I was really impressed with the way in which he had the, the court awareness, the, the sense of where he is, shout out to Bill Bradley, so that he would know where can I provide the most value to the team? And that's frequently going to be done in ways that are not going to show up on the stat sheet. It's not necessarily going to build my fan base, build my marketability, but it will ultimately fill those gaps that will make the team better. I think it's frequently hard for someone who was able to lead by virtue of their pure athletic ability to then understand there's a next level of team teammateness, whatever the word is. Think about Big Shot Bob. Never really was an alpha, but Robert Ory won many championships late into his professional. How many? And don't, I believe don't, six. Don't I believe go six. All right. I want you to check with our crackpot researcher, Stephanie. She'll let you know. It's Stephanie now. They, they turn over so fast. So a couple of things. People who go chip hunting. So was it okay that Shaq in his last four years, two on the Suns, 14.2 points, 12.9 points next year, Cavs, 12 points, and then to end with the Celtics, 9.2 points overweight? Do we need to see that guy play? Or is it better to have an Oscar Robinson who the big O in his last season was part of the Milwaukee Bucks that went to the finals, lost in the finals, even though he averaged 12.7 points and 6.4 assists on his career. He averaged 25.7, 9.5 assists. Yet when he retired after his last season, not winning in the championship, Milwaukee Bucks plummeted last place and only won 38 games. So I hear you on still being in the arena and being able to contribute, but how far should your drop be? Mm -hmm. Part of the reason I said at the top, my dad still glorifies as a proud Ohio native, shout out to Mansfield, Ohio and Toledo, Ohio, where my parents grew up. He's glorifies Jim Brown, who nine years, eight time pro bowler in his last season, he was MVP and ran for 1,544 yards and 17 touchdowns. Now he had other things he wanted to do, the dirty dozen, yeah. other business interests, but still he walked away. We know Barry Sanders walked yeah. away 10 straight seasons of 1,100 yards. Prior year, prior to retiring at 2,053 yards and in his last year, 1,491 yards. So that is who my father in, in watching sports, he wants to see that. Mm-hmm. And then he'll use data points like a Shaq, at least 70 pounds overweight. Right. And just looking so out of place. I feel like there was like a, his number in the Celtics, like 89, some weird yeah. Rodman-like number. Right. It wasn't Shaq. 
and not in the chat. These are the most dominant big men in the world. In the, in the world. So who is to, who tells an athlete when to retire? Now, if you're Joe LaCobb and the Warriors are feeling themselves, and if you're not watching the NBA playoffs right now, you got to watch. This is actually a buddy texting me and say, I am surprisingly very interested in the playoffs right now. It is fun to watch. If you want to see the Splash Brothers, they're there. But the Splash Brothers 3.0 with Jordan Poole is fun. But Joe LaCobb, the owner of the Warriors, and they always think they're better than most teams, was ribbing, and we could probably point out it was the Lakers, ribbing those teams that go after older players. He said, older players, they get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear that, yes, they do. And so if you then think about older players, they're going to get hurt. And then older players should retire. As someone that had foot injuries in college and Achilles, I hate the injury-prone label because there's nothing the person can do Hmm. unless they overweight, out of shape, not putting the work. At the end of the day, there still is nothing they can do to if they get injured. Joel Embiid has a potentially has a torn ligament in his thumb. Did he cause that? Did was he not committed to the game? Chris Paul has had some of the worst luck near the end of his, in, throughout his career, hammies, hands, that is nothing that he can necessarily do. Yeah. So when I hear the Joe LaCobb, he's basically saying, once you get old, you should retire. Mm. Or I, I'm going to retire those players because I just think they're going to get injured. I appreciate the person, the athlete that does fight through injury, a la Serena, a la Tiger, yeah. and make their way back, a la Pete Manning, who had a noodle of an arm. Yeah. He should have retired. And neck issues. Like, like it gets more serious in the, in, in the NFL, especially. Of course. I have a deep appreciation for those guys. So if I'm an owner, or even with ba- in baseball now, they're retiring the older players. So thank you very much for your service. We, we can find cheaper options. Yeah. What is interesting is what happens if another player tells you it's time? And I don't know if you saw the article recently. Magic, who you, I'm watching, I'm in the midst of, if I wasn't yeah. potting right now, I'm 37 minutes into Magic's documentary. Yeah. Please, everyone watch it. I, I would pump that up over winning time, which I think is a little bit of a hot mess as a Laker fan. Yeah. But They Call Me Magic is worthwhile. On Apple Plus. That's on Apple Plus. Shout out to all streaming services. We'll take any money from anyone. Um, Except for Netflix, who's down, I think they're gonna. They're no, no, they'll take them now. Now is our time. Yeah, Netflix. I don't, I don't think they. I don't think they need us. I think they need you to stop sharing your password with other houses. <laughs> so, it's interesting that Magic, he retired once with HIV announcement, and he came his second comeback, coming playing against our Bulls, the last dance Bulls, and after the Lakers played Jordan's team, they won by double digits. After the game, and Jordan said, I've never said this to another player. He actually told Magic it's probably time for him to retire. And he didn't say it in a way like the 92 Barcelona guys, right? Where they just talk so much mess to each other and they were the alphas. He said in a way where he said, look, you don't have the Showtime Lakers with you. You don't have Worthy. You don't have Kareem. You have Cedric Tabalas, Vladi Divac, Nick Van Exel. That's who you're rolling with. Yeah. So it's interesting. At the end of the year, the Lakers are bounced in the first round. And two weeks later, Magic, who said Jordan was right, retired. Yeah. So 
who, you know, your body's giving in and it, you'll just get to a moment and say, I can't do it anymore. I can't put in the work. It's interesting. What if another player who you fully, who you respect tells you to retire? How would, how would another, how would an athlete react? How would yeah. you react? Well, I think it depends on the sport. It depends on how much physical decline can be counteracted with more like grit to your point, but also like mental toughness and some of the things that actually get better into your late thirties and, and forties, like just awareness of game awareness, situational awareness, so that your mental game is as good as it's ever been, but your physical game is in decline. I think there is a certain, there's certain sports where you can overcome some of that. And then there are other sports where you can't, especially if you're, for example, when you were talking, by the way, Robert Ory won seven. I know he did. You were, I knew you were wrong. But the last, but the last one was even, he had dropped off even for Hey, 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 did, was, how many rings does he have? Seven, seven. All right. The other guy I wanted to talk about when you were talking about Shaq is one Patrick Aloysius Ewing, whose last two years, also known as the big fella, last two years at the Thunder and the Magic may not have been so stellar, but just like you can't coach height, you can't really tell height to retire as long as you want to show up when you're dull. Even it's part of why I think the Joker, you know, Jokic may play for many years because similar to my basketball game, if you don't move your feet around too much, if you're not off the ground too much, you're less likely to sprain an ankle. So if you're at a level where you want to continue, you like the lifestyle. I'm looking at you, James Harden. You, you like the life of being out on the road. Charles Barkley, you know, you don't want to give it up. You don't want to no longer be in the game. You play to win the game, but in addition to playing to win the game, you also play because it's great to be a professional athlete and you don't want to say goodbye to it. Even Kobe's another one that we haven't talked about where his decline was pretty precipitous at the end. His last three or four years were rough. And then, and, but then he got out and he got out relatively soon compared to these other guys, partly because. You don't have a choice when you're that type of an athlete, unless you're a three-point specialist, a three and D, you can still stick around a little bit in the NBA, but it's much harder. The other name I wanted to throw into the mix, which we haven't talked about yet, is Tom Brady, where he's now unretired and he's now ready to... You want me to do what? You want me to... I have a grocery list and you want me to talk to my kids for how long? Okay. Hey... Hey, you guys need a quarterback still? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Giselle probably is not happy uh, about what this has done to her reputation and Tom's reaction to a month of retirement bliss with the family was to come back. But Brady's interesting as well, where if you look at Brady, I, I put LeBron in the Brady category here where, and Kobe was there until he wasn't, is that sports nutrition, you know, medicine, health. Red, red wine, red wine baths. All yeah, all that stuff is allowing us to, even looking at where Tiger is now at this point in his career versus where Jack Nicholas was in his 40s or Arnold Palmer was in his 40s, it's night and day. So, so I do think thinking about age as a litmus test, the actual numerical age that you are, I think Brady's throwing that into question. And, and I think there's a lot of counter examples too. look at, uh, look at the way Jerome Bettis went out. Jerome Bettis came back for that last year, went out a champion. Emmett Smith. 
falling for 60 yards for the Arizona Cardinals. It was hard to watch. But Bettis came back and won. So Bettis, has la his last season, he won the chip, you know? So I think it's more about how do you want to tell your story and are you giving yourself an opportunity to tell it well? Shout out to the goat, Ethel Merman, who famously said, it's better to sing one song too few than one song too many. If you leave like a Barry Sanders, the what ifs will continue forever. No one will know. And you got to imagine there is some regret to that, but there is still for the fandom, there is only perfection. There is only the greatness. There is never the decline. To me, I follow sports for more of the struggle. And to me, rather than the Andrew Lux and the Barry Sanders, for me, the struggle that a Patrick Ewing late in his career, it's sad, but my world of sports opened not just with the thrill of victory. There also was the agony of defeat. Life is not always easy. No, no Howard Cosell boys. <laughs> sports is, is myth. And a lot of the, the myths that we're faced with as, as humans are about overcoming struggle and about father time is in fact, undefeated life is hard and there is suffering at the end. And that's true in sports as well. And there's suffering for Barry Sanders who arguably retires early. There's also suffering for someone who stuck around for you know, Brett Favre. That got pretty sad. I think it's also the unretirement phase, the unretirement phenomena is the other part that I have a problem with where if you're going to retire and, and I'm looking at you, Michael Jordan, you broke the seal on this. And ever since it's kind of out of hand, if you're going to hang around, hang around. But once you're out, especially like Kobe, they were giving them yachts and stuff. Once you're out, you do your retirement. Although Tom did not do his retirement tour to the point that he would get enough gifts. So I feel like when he retires, he should do it at the beginning of the season. Lots of ceremonies. You know, he's in Tampa. He could probably use a yacht. I don't know. I'm all good on Tom ceremonies. But I'll, what I'll end with, we call this lesson learned from sports. And there is no perfection. You could have in, in your business an unbelievable year. But it does not mean the next year is going to be exactly the same. There are macro factors. You're yeah. dealing with people. You may, you may uh, want a sandbag. You, I, I, I might, I might have been called a sandbagger from time to time in my career, but I not, always, not just on the golf course. I'm always committed to the number that I think that we can hit. Yeah. Even though we may go higher, but it is lessons learned because you point to the moments where it isn't perfection, where there is adversity, where the Phoenix Suns were the doormat and now have been the dominant team for the last two years. And you celebrate what people overcome. And so I love the agency. I, I want an athlete to go as long as they think they can go until the wheels come off, as long as they stay committed. And yes, everyone's going to have something to say and point to, as I did, Oscar Robinson, you savaged 30 in his last season, he had 12. Yeah. But if you still feel like you can contribute to a winning opportunity and you're there to win the game, we play to win the game. Yes. Then I'm all in. And Kelly Slater, as I talked about my range. Wow. Look at you. Surfers. For him to win a title at 50, 
most would have told him to hang it up 15 years prior. He beat someone who was half his age. Those are the Rudy-like moments that I will always show up for. And shout out to my dad. I know you, I know you think Jim Brown is the man and he is, but I will take a broken down tiger trying to limp his way to the masters all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me just wrap up by checking my notes here. Ah, I have Sue Bird, a Syosset product. Still, still one of my favorite point guards. NBA, WBA all time. I, I want her to go into her until for another five years. Yeah. And then she did win a chip late. If you can win that chip late, all is forgiven, especially if you're a significant. She wanted the, she wanted the bubble and just won another Olympic medal. That's the, I brought her up. Don't take my. <laughs> I know more about Sue than you do. Oh my goodness. I have a note though. I have a note on Sue Bird. Rocky Marciano, undefeated career as a boxer, as opposed to Mike Tyson who apparently can't retire. Undefe undefeated on the JetBlue flight. He's still boxing, except it's just in the air. He can't it, retire. That dude deserved it. <laughs> he did, he did. Hold on. But that also speaks to Tyson Fury, who's fighting tonight, who's undefeated with a draw. But he still may retire. I think that's, I think that's worth it. Ted Williams, interesting in that he retired, yet he did also freeze his head. So that leaves the opportunity Science continues to get better. Could the, the red wine baths help you reanimate and put you on top of another? You know, he split the body. The body's also frozen. Anyway, that was, that was the other one. Yeah, I think I'm mostly... Oh, we talked about L.A. Montana. Montana did that weird stuff with Kansas City. Oh, and Andrew Luck, who I think I mentioned briefly. But there is also the specter of injury and also just motivation. I do wonder, we've talked about Naomi Osaka. Is she someone who may just decide... Take a prolonged sabbatical mental health break relatively early in your career. And then it turns out it's not for you and you don't want to go back. I would say more power to you. You know, I think we're all making decisions and I feel like there are different categories that these individual life decisions make. We're selfishly as fans, we want it to map to what we want, but I think increasingly there's a lot of recognition of the personal stories that each of these folks are going through. And I think there are times when, if not hanging it up, just taking a break is something we're probably going to see more and more these days. Sadly, I think it means we might lose some athletes we want to continue to watch like Barry Sanders. But I think the world's complicated. You know, you're not always going to win a chip. You're not always going to re retain your top tier talent. Like you, Tarlin, I like the grit. I like the metal. I like the get after itness of those who stick around and continue to compete. I'm really happy to hear we're going to stick around. We're going to continue to compete. We're going to keep running it back. Lessons learned. I have one promise I'll make to you because I yeah. wonder about the path that athletes take and just take to deciding when to retire. Yeah. Most will go until they just can't go anymore. Yeah. Certain sports, it is management making that decision. I gave you that one example of Jordan telling Magic that he should retire. And I'll commit to you that I will tell you when it's time for you to hang up your podcasting. Yeah. So I'm always got, I'm always measuring and, and evaluating your performance. So I'll make sure I do that for you. And I'll, I'll you're, 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 you're welcome. Thank you in advance. And I'll let you know my preferred type of yachting equipment. 
so that for my retirement package, I know I'll be getting something delightful from you. Thank you as always, Tarlin. Always a pleasure to have you back. We're back, baby. Don't We're call back. it a comeback. It's been here for years. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. This is Running It Back. And the Rockets, they play.